0: The long look back from our own 21st century existence to the worlds of sword and sorcery, seen through the lens of ocean-washed Atlantis and the passage of millennia, brings the world we left behind into sharper view. When we join authors like Howard, Liber, Moorcock, and Wagner in their best tales of escape, we take the journey with our eyes and our minds open and return with a clearer appreciation of what is right and good in the world And what is wrong or has been distorted or lost. And of course, above all else, we return entertained.
1: to another exciting and informative episode of Rogues in the House, a podcast focused on the genre and all things adjacent to sword and sorcery, delivered with 100% enthusiasm by self-proclaimed experts. So, wax your string and straighten your shaft. The Rogues are in the house.
2: (laughs) I'm not Dude. even commenting on it. So I was not this, expecting this. that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You were holding that little nugget of gold for a while. Yeah, you were. Oh, okay. yes. Especially since everybody's
1: in the house. had to have mm-hmm. a little so uh, the best. levity there. So, uh, welcome back. It's 2022. 20, and we're back in the house. Yeah, How- this is... Yeah. The,
2: this is... You will be uh, happy to know, dear listeners, that every core rogue is in this house, plus a special guest tonight. Uh, I'm going to bury that lead a little further. Uh, but Alex is here. Oh, yeah. yay! Woo-hoo. I did it. <laughs> and, did uh, it. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you. Uh, what bait we used to get him uh, in a few minutes? <laughs> it was the one, the one thing. Yeah, I was like, he could yeah. not. There's no way he can turn this down.
1: I love the fact that it was literally what the uh, three or four hours before this podcast ap- actually happened. That Matt says, yeah. "Invite Alex." He's up. Yeah. Yeah. I,
2: I had invited him. I just forgot to tell you to. Oh. You know, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's been a busy week. Sort of. Okay. Uh Okay, so, should we just jump right into the Bazaar of the Bazaar, and then we'll we reveal... Do. Or- yes. Yeah, yeah let's life. just do that, and then we'll, we'll, we'll tell you who our guest is. Yes, that's great. That's
1: great. So, uh, let's take a trip into the Bazaar of the Bazaar.
3: Who wants to go first? I uh, know. Logar. Sure. Mine's not exciting. To tell you the truth. Um, I mean, we've all been, I mean, probably a lot of us anyway. I know Matt and I are on similar pages in that the COVID has been, it's taking a toll on our bodies. And I will, uh I'll say I've never been like a fit. Like, that's it's not true. I used to run cross country. I have like a state, like uh record for cross country. Like I was fit, but never like a gym person, but I've come to the point where I have dedicated 3 days out of my week uh to go to the gym for an hour and while it's nothing like you're going to go like search up on the internet or like buy on Amazon I thought it was something in my life I wanted to share since you nerds always talk about gym stuff <laughs> so yeah so wait that's your bizarre the bizarre that is my bizarre it's a new year it's uh (laughs) we talk about talk about weightlifting sometimes jeez i thought i was gonna do a bad one (laughs) no no i got nothing so i searched okay the most relevant thing i could find that i was interested in is like what uh uh borderlands video game spinoff called uh what tiny tina's wonderland Mm -hmm. is coming out which doesn't sound very sword and sorcery (laughs) <laughs> but in like the Borderlands universe, this crazy teenage like arsonist uh runs a like knockoff D D campaign called Bunkers and Badasses, which is like a fantasy game, but your characters have like ridiculous guns. Borderlands is like a uh like Diablo but with guns and yeah, like ridiculous. Yeah. We're, uh, we're almost so-
2: we're almost at a point where we need a specific name. For when someone use uh uses an alliterative title to parody Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, yeah, to like oh yeah, a, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, trope. yeah, exactly. So Alex, since your choice apparently sucks, why don't you yeah. jump in there? Yeah, well, actually, I, don't, I didn't wow. think that it, that it. I didn't. No think No one's that that it excited
3: sucks. for me to get fit. No one. <laughs> hey, double, I'm happy.
1: Double. I'm happy that we're having an influence on you to getting
3: ripped. Thanks, Dean. Thanks. I'm done my, my bicep off. pose right now. By the way,
4: <laughs> I, I, I I feel hey, like I got to come back. I'm going to come back a little bit more to make sure that you're not working out because I don't want to be the only one around here who's a, a big slug. Um, uh, and Logan, what's your what's your squats at right now? Come on.
3: Uh, so I did one twenty-five.
4: I think I did one. That's fair. That's
3: fair.
2: One. <laughs> one it's pound. Like one twenty. One 25. squat. <laughs> one sorry. pound. You got oh, to do you your go. squats and your deadlifts. So you're getting nowhere. Yeah. That's Come good. Well, good for you, man.
4: Um, all right. My, I got, I've read two books this month and it's Whoa. only the 13th. How about that? That's wow. impressive. I read, yeah. I know. And I'm not, I, I really, I, I have a, um, a new year. I don't like resolutions. I like goals. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing, I'm setting a new year's goal to read a book a month, but mm-hmm. my plan is to pile them all in January I'm going to see if I can get it. so that I don't have to do anything for the rest of the year. <laughs> it sounds like so, cheating. Yeah, no, I, well, yeah, I, yeah. It's a, yeah. you know, I have to hit 12. I don't care how I do it. Um, so uh, I read the first book of The Dresden Files, which is something that I've always wanted to do, but I just never really have. Um, and I'm probably going to dive a little bit into that series um, to try to enjoy that. I love my hard-boiled detectives. Uh, I love magic and that sort of thing so it is a perfect uh, perfect marriage just had never done it first book is great i can see why it's a popular series obviously it's spun off RPGs. my best friend really likes
3: that that series he listens yeah, to audio. It, yeah
4: it's great it's a lot of fun and i'll probably hop between audio and whatever uh mm-hmm. and then my second book is the uh the 19 i think 1977 novel known as the howling oh, yeah. um, yeah, it was. Like, not, is that what the movie's based off of? It, it, the movie basically took the title, but okay. to my recollection, it is not the same plot. Um, and I have not taken the time to to really look that up. Um sure. But it is a a nice little little gore fest. It's a it's a quick read. By the way, the way I'm achieving twelve books is reading like short novels. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I might go like, deep this on a is still few. Still cheating. Yeah, I might go deep on a few, but you know. If I'm yeah. going to do it, I'm going to just get it done. <laughs> so, yeah, the the howling's pretty sweet. I, um, it's a it's a trilogy. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Hmm. I definitely did. I didn't not know, know it was that. based on a book.
3: Yeah. I just know it's like one of the lesser 80s werewolf movies. Yeah.
2: Hey,
4: yeah, yeah.
3: Gary Brander. It's actually yeah. a pretty good book.
4: Yeah, yeah it really, it really <laughs> oh, is. Sweet. Hmm.
2: So that's I what I got, that. guys. Yeah. Well, since uh, our 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 guest has revealed himself through voice, <laughs> wait, <Da-na-na-na. laughs> uh, everyone, Brian Murphy is here. Uh, we'll give a little more introduction. You probably know who his. Uh, you probably recognize his name if you listen to the show. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna keep burying that lead and let Brian just give us his bizarre pick, uh, and then we'll we'll intro him after. All right, thanks,
0: guys. Brian Murphy in the house, along with a, a full bevy of rogues. This is amazing. <laughs> I got a group of five dudes here talking sword and sorcery. Nothing nothing better. Uh, so this is, I'm holding up for the camera here. My Oh uh, my gosh, that's the same pick. copy I've got. Oh You've got the same one? Yes. All right. That's so I'm great. holding up the uh, the swords trilogy uh, by Michael Moorcock. This is obviously my Bazaar of the Bazaar. Um, I don't know how many fans we have of Corum, but you know, Michael Moorcock, obviously, there, there we go. Michael Moorcock, much more well-known for Elric and for good reason. We all know Elric and the spin-offs. but God, I have to say Corum of the Scarlet Robe is right up there. He's an amazing character. I just reread this uh, over the holidays and wrote up a short review over at DMR books. If you guys haven't checked out yeah. DMR, the blog of DMR books, it's a place of all things sword and sorcery along with, Tales from the magician skull, and of course, this fine podcast, but um this book is actually i having reread it, I would say it's as good an introduction to to more Cox material as any you're going to find I would agree um, with that one hundred percent yeah it's it uh, it's amazing it's 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 three books, so if you're doing a, a book. A month, Alex. Alex, you can, yeah, you, can man, totally you, you can knock all three of them with this one. All right, one, all right. Gonna, noted, noted. Thank I'm you very much. I'm counting it as three. Yeah, so I, really I have good. my own 52 books in a year. That's uh, still and, cheating. Still it, cheating. It is cheating. <laughs> <laughs> they, they technically were released as three individual books, um but this is awesome, and it's got everything you want, Elric, uh, 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 Moorcock. And in fact, Elric makes an appearance at the end mm-hmm. of this book, along yeah. with a couple of the other eternal champions. So definitely this uh, highly recommended. Cool. My
3: uh, only ever, I guess, what is it? Uh, Sailors on the Seas of Fate, which is an Elowick story, yeah. has him and the other mm-hmm. in it. And so that's like my only, like, I guess, interaction with the character. But I hear it's like, I don't want to say like out there is like a bad thing, but he's like even weirder. Is that accurate? Weirder than Elric? Um, yes. <sighs> and no. I mean, okay. it, yeah, I, it feels they're, a little more mythic to me. They're different.
0: You know, they're okay. different. They're totally yeah. different. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It feels like a little more removed from like Elric is so immediate. This this is almost a little more mythical quality to it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. cool. But at the same time, there's a, there's a very jarring, awesome introduction with the character getting maimed and awesome revenge story. And it, it hooks you right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally recommended check that out check that out
2: yeah thanks rad uh okay i will uh rip through mine real quick and then we'll let dean finish it off um mine today is not really something uh specific as a product it's more of a service so if you're on whetstone you probably know oliver um brackenbury he he he's basically starting up an editing service um and he's a guy that i've you know I've interacted with, I've talked with him, I've been on his podcast called So I'm Writing a Novel. And I, it's funny. (laughs) Sometimes when I write publicly, I'm writing very sloppy, right? And then occasionally I'll go back and I'll edit things. But I kind of judge people when they're writing, not like, oh, you messed up that uh, thing that you wrote there. But I can tell if someone writes really clean, just in their like social media discourse, it tells me something, you know? Anywho, I found out he was doing editing services um, and he I had a story on file that I hadn't really touched in a while. And it was kind of a weird one um, out of my comfort zone, all that. So I said, you know what? I'll hire you to edit this story. And I sent him my tale uh, knife fight, which he got back to me rather I quickly. Read that one. Yeah, Where maybe he did. it was uh, it. Well, listen. It's telling you right now it's shining mirror bright. It is uh it's it's stronger, better, six hundred words lighter. So wow. yeah, he, he gave like really great notes. I've worked with a lot of editors. Um well I sound like I'm I have some storied career here, but I, I I just through the things that I've done. I've had a few editors that I've worked with, and uh I would I would rank him pretty high there. Um and so I would say if you are looking for um, an editing service, uh, Oliver is fantastic. He provides you basically with a one sheet of just kind of comments, overviews, things that worked, um, suggestions, that sort of thing. And this was sort of a copy edit, but like a really solid kind of, uh, you know, not just proofing. So if you're interested in that, um, you can check him on oliverbrackenberry.com. I'll see if we can link that in the notes. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I mean, you can get in touch with him on the Whetstone Discord or through me. Um, so high recommendations there. And uh, I'm actually going to join him, too. We're going to record an episode this weekend where I gave him another one of my, like, <laughs> I have a few stories on file where I'm like, I don't know what the hell to do with this. I, it's it, I like it, but I know it doesn't work somehow. And so I'm uh, bravely, I suppose, allowing him to read it on air. It's like, quote unquote, done. But we're going to kind of do a live edit, if that makes sense. Yeah, he did it. He he did another one with uh, Nathan Webb. Is that his name, Nathan? Yeah, Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Um, On a previous episode of his So I'm Writing a Novel podcast, you can check that out. It was pretty interesting, so. I signed up and uh, that'll be coming to you. I don't know when I'll post it, but it's an interesting concept. Good for you. You got some stones for putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I actually got really nervous because I was like, Ugh. and I started reading it out loud and I was like, this doesn't sound good. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Well, Oliver's a good dude. He's yeah, he on his
0: podcast, uh, Friends of the Merrill Collection, which is, I think, coming out later this year. And,
2: yeah. Um, yeah. 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 He was mentioning that.
0: Editing is a lost skill. You know, yeah. like people talk about writing and they, I think people who get into writing at first think you're going to have a polished first draft when you set pen to paper. And I find that writing comes alive in probably the third revision for, for yeah. my, that's, that's, that's my personal perspective.
2: Yeah. And it kind of depends on what your personal process is too, right? Like I do a lot of editing on the fly before I can move past. It's like, I get this paralysis where if it's not kind of shining a bit. I can't just keep going,
5: mm-hmm. but
2: editors are always, <laughs> the good ones I think are just hyper intelligent and wise. They're this weird mixture, um, that they, they can manage these. I don't know. It's just a perspective thing. And I, I truly think it's one of those, like you can't, you, you can train to learn those skills, but man, it's, it's something innate I think too. Yep. Yeah. Dean.
3: You got, wait, wait, wait. you got one more thing. What? Weird book, zombies, annual.
2: Oh, Coming out. Oh, that's out. it. Oh, that's Is it, it out? Yeah. I just saw yeah, you posted
3: it. thing. Yeah.
2: I got it. Like, contributor I, copies then? Yeah, contributor copies.
3: Oh, okay. Never mind. I got all excited. I didn't know it was out
2: already. Zombies. Oh, we all love yeah. zombies. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh Diener. Right. So yeah.
1: Real. Um, so like you guys probably had some time off over the holidays, and uh prior to that. In addition to doing stuff for the podcast and my own interest, I got burned out on reading a lot and so over the break, I decided I was not going to read one book a month or anything yeah. like that. Um so I did some other hobbies that I have kind of neglected um did things totally unrelated to sword and sorcery. You know, I went hunting, worked on my Thunderbird car and all kinds of stuff um sword and sorcery though I think
0: what's that? Both of those things are pretty sword and sorcery to me hunting, working on a Thunderbird. Come on.
1: There you go. There you <laughs> yeah. go.
0: Um,
1: I also did some uh, miniature painting. I got back into my miniature painting because I kind of let it uh, go to the wayside for a while. So I've been having some good time, but to fill all that void of not reading, but I found that I, I missed the whole reading thing, even though I didn't read anything for almost a month uh, in this last week. I picked up a copy of a book that um, I found to be incredibly enjoyable. Um, some book by the name of *Flame and Crimson* by some dude named Brian Murphy. <laughs> so, uh, with that being said, why don't we invite that guy on the podcast to talk about this incredibly cool history of sword and sorcery? Flame well, he and Crimson. happens to be
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate that's a, the invite, that's dudes.
4: A... That's a segue into the business right there. That's yeah. a professional segue. Very nice. She's yeah. been
3: planning this all day. He just <laughs> yeah. about it.
4: He was like, no. let me
3: relax. You know?
2: <laughs> but so, uh, yeah. Brian. Yeah. Thanks for joining us.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is awesome, man. I, I, uh, Thursday night, I'm having a beer, drinking a, a double IPA from Bissell Brothers in Portland, Maine, and I'm talking store and sorceries. It, life doesn't get any better than it, this. It doesn't, it doesn't. It really does not get much better. It's
2: good. You, I mean, you can roll into work on a Friday, <laughs> not not at full power. This is where I there. work, man. I, I always
0: I always say. So, if you look it over my shoulder, I know we're a podcast, so there's no visual, but I've got a yeah. I've got a bar behind me. And, yeah, uh, it is quite was, impressive. This yeah. was something that I had done over the um over the COVID. Uh, you know, isolation period. I had, I have one one of my best friends is a contractor and he just started his own business and I had him redo the room, the basement down here. This was totally unfinished, open installation, concrete walls, about 55 degrees. about eight months ago. Now it's a sword and sorcery man cave. So there you go.
3: Hey, I'm right
1: there with you. I'm getting ready to redo my armory and it's going to be where, I. Record the podcast from here on out. Right now, I'm in Oops. my wife's office because it's the best connection I've got. But I'm redoing my armory, so it's coming armory. soon.
3: Armory. Dean yes. is Captain America. By the way, he <laughs> chops wood shirtless, has an armory. Oh my god! Um, okay, I'll
0: yeah, send you some. My armory? We talking like axes, swords, maces, sort of like everything? Of Suits of armor? You gotta armor. be kidding me! Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty
2: sure he's got a goose arm somewhere. I, <laughs>
0: I yeah. that's very
2: a, Gary Gary Goose Arms. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. I, I remember playing A D and D back in the day and we were like eight years old or ten years old or something. We we're like, what the hell's a goose arm? Yes. Like, <laughs> no, we no, like, looked for what, were pretty good. What know? did the
0: most damage or had the longest
2: reach? That's right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we had Pick a whole party rest. of them.
5: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, Brian wrote a book. It's called uh, Flaming Crimson, A History of Sword and Sorcery. He actually was good enough to send uh, – he sent me a copy, and it yeah. says Crush Your Enemies in there, which I thought was a bold statement to pop a Conan movie quote uh, in, his, in his book about sword and sorcery, though, of course, he does touch on those things in the book. Yep. Um, so appreciation for that. Um, and, ooh, I want to mention this in case we forget. Uh, the there is a whetstone meeting. Uh, a uh lantern yeah. hour is that what it's called? 18th, lantern 18th. hour, yep. something like that. Yeah, yeah. On the eighteenth, uh, you can look that up. It's on the social if you go to the whetstone uh, page. And essentially, the topic of that day will be about the first first chapter or first two chapters of this book.
0: First two chapters, I believe. Yeah, yeah
2: I think that's right. This is what Jason um, tells me, anyway. Yeah. So. We're gonna hawk that right there.
0: now. I'm yep. looking forward to that, man. We get to talk a little bit about the book. You know, this is this has just been um, it's been an amazing. I mean, if you ever want to get invited on a podcast, the thing to do is write a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, sure. sure, I've had I've had zero experience with podcasting, and then I I wrote Flame and Crimson, and I think this is my sixth appearance on various different media. Wow! So, oh, wow! Yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still finding my right way around it, but um,
2: yeah, well. That's what, yeah, as I kind of said earlier, it was amazing to me that this didn't exist before. And honestly, right. just going through it, um, it, it you kind of really knocked it out of the park as far as what we needed and then what you created, I feel. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's great stuff. Um, I, I kind of wanted to ask you. How, I mean, obviously I know I looked at your track record with all of the nonfiction bits you were writing on Howard, et cetera. Um, But like, what made you decide I'm making, I'm going to write this book? Because I know this was a labor intensive thing. I can, I can tell.
0: Yeah, it was very labor intensive. Um, It took me probably six years to to write that book. Wow. Wow.
2: Um, Yeah. And that doesn't surprise me considering the content.
0: Yeah, you know, it was something I chipped away at mm-hmm. yeah, that if, I, I did if I had if I didn't have a family, uh, had a full time job and, and a life, I could probably have done it maybe a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. But I was just chipping away at this a little bit an hour here and there when I had the time, um, you know, like 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 all typical 40 something dudes who's holding down a mortgage and has two daughters. One in college, it's like I've I've got a full time day job. I know we all do, and mm-hmm. this is this was a labor of love. You know what? I guess Matt, if I had to say what what was the genesis of this, it mm-hmm. it was probably what we're all thinking: like, why isn't there a book about sword and sorcery out there? Mm-hmm. You know, th- there was some of this material that was kicking around in odd corners, you know, yeah, was
1: scattered few, about.
0: Yeah, there was a few chapters from you know um, Lynn Carter's Imaginary Worlds where he. He has a chapter dedicated to sword and sorcery, and you've got some stuff from Elspere to camp. Um, you've got stuff on websites like Blackgate. And, yep. But there was nothing formal. You know, there was nothing all in one place. There was nothing like when I when I really get into a topic and there's a I have a few loves, you know, I, I love beer. I like to lift weights. Uh, I love sword and sorcery. You know, we we all love this stuff. And when I really get into something, I like to go like the full Monty. Like I like to, I want, I want it all. I don't want like surface level. I I want to go all in. And Mm -hmm. I realized there was, there was no all in for sword and sorcery that I could find. So instead of waiting around for someone to do it, I'm like, like, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to write it myself. You know, and I'm and I'm no I'm no academic. I'm I'm not a scholar, whatever that term means. I'm not affiliated with a university. Um, I do have a journalism background. I, I did work for years at a at a newspaper. I now work full time for a healthcare publishing and information company. So I, I have a lot of writing experience, but this was new to me, and mm-hmm. this was a project where I I stuck my neck out, um, and I had no idea. When I started this, I, I honestly, Matt, didn't think um, it was going to be a finished book. I, I, all along, like, that, that was my goal, but I didn't think I could write a book. And my, my little, in the back of my head, it was always, well, you know, you, you could just turn this into a series of blog posts, or you could, you know, slap together a PDF and maybe write like a, a nice, you know, 40 page treatise or something and throw it up on my, on my blog, The Silver Key. And uh, it, I, as I kept going, there was, there was one point, probably four years into this, three years into this, where um, I knew that I was going to finish this, and I knew I was going to publish it, even if I had to self-publish it. But it was, <laughs> not, it was not a given right out of the gate, and I did not have a contract or anything else. I just,
5: mm-hmm.
0: I just wanted to do this. I wanted to do something long form, and I wanted to give sword and sorcery it's due. Because damn it, it's due. Well, I think well, you
1: did a fantastic job. Um, kudos to you. I mean. I, this is one of the best written books on, I mean, of this kind that I've read in a long time, a long time. I, yeah, re- I want
2: it, It's got that sort of. Uh, you say you're not an academic or or affiliate, but it's got a a good balance of sounding professional and academic, but also loose and fun. And I gotta say this in case I forget, I love the amount of heavy metal he <laughs> managed to slip in yeah. there. You know, I have a heavy and, uh, metal fan like
0: all the way. Yeah. You, you wouldn't know this looking for, you know, the, my average exterior. But like I grew up with the, with, with metal. I, I The first band I ever saw was Alice Cooper back in yeah. on his trash tour. I think it was eighty 1989. Uh, I've seen Iron Maiden so many times. Kiss. Oh, I'm, I'm seeing Judas Priest in April.
2: So am I. Oh, you're going too. But nice. Yeah, we're probably going similar times. You're in you're in uh, you in New England. Yes. Or, yes. Yeah. So. Do you live in New say,
4: England.
0: I do. I, are, I live. in I, I live in Merrimack, Massachusetts, about Alex. 30 minutes north of Boston.
2: Alex is going to open the door behind him. Really? That door behind him and, really? behind him and then up here. Small world. Yeah. Was, he just walks in the door. He's Going to walk into. Uh, the <laughs> oh hi! Hey, there he
4: is. <laughs> <laughs> hi.
0: Yeah.
4: Ooh, I'm in New England. Oh, yeah. Right. I'll just drive on over. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'm in. I'm in Norwood. Oh Norwood. Okay. Awesome. I think you're, uh, I think Norwood had a kick-ass girls
0: cross country team this year. I know that because I went to my, all oh my uh, daughter's I was, meets was not aware of that, but <laughs> a little bit of trivia. Well, for, thank you for, for fans, qualifying fans, that. fans of Massachusetts girls cross country. Yeah.
2: Right? Yes. Sword and sorcery community is just yeah. wanting to know. A new light cross country. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it was a labor of love, man. And, and, uh, I, I'm just, um, I'm thrilled at the reception. I've, you know, Hey, you're always going to have your critics, but I, I have just been bowled over by the the reception for the book. And I'm, I'm glad you touched on Matt, the the writing, because what, what, when I started writing this, I had to make a decision, you know, am I going to write a pure scholarly work or am I going to write something like pop culture, uh, fun and engaging? And, you know, I think of like a book like, um, I got Paperbacks from Hell by Grady Hendrix which is uh, I I love that book. You know, it's it's it covers the 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 horror boom of the 70s through the 90s and it has all those terrible and glorious covers from the horror yeah. <laughs> horror boom. And he, he he wrote it very much tongue in cheek, you know, just like it, it it's it's informative, but it it's very engaging. It's very different though than, you know, the citations and and drawing on the, the the literature that is out there, and trying to you know piece t- together kind of an academic treatise for what it is. So I I, I tried to strike a balance with this book, mm-hmm. and sometimes I I, I I was worried that if I'm trying to do two things simultaneously, I'm, I'm neither one would work. You know what I mean? Like I'd compromise too much. And I've, I've been pleased though that people have found it very readable and engaging, as well as yeah. um, informative. Yeah. Speaking I feel like that's of
2: precisely that precisely what you did was strike yeah. that balance. Uh, sorry, Dean, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say speaking of that, I mean there are a lot of citations in it and a lot of you know source material, but I could also hear you. I mean, yeah. I'm only just now meeting you, but I could hear you. And one of the things that I put down on my notes was it was on page one forty two, and I hope you don't mind if I read this if that's all right. All right because, uh you were t- kind of talking about why sword and sorcery, you know. Um and it says where there was one certainty, we are now assailed with doubt and worse mechanical existence in a cynical, barren world devoid of magic, wonder and heroism. I mean, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, it, I'm assuming that's coming directly from you and your feelings and love of, of sword and sorcery. I mean, that's a great line in that final chapter of your book. I love it.
0: Yeah, I would say I, that last chapter I went as I went as far out as, as I, as that's, that's me in that last Mm -hmm. chapter. Right. And that's where I I, got that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same. You know, I think that's what has drawn me to this literature in the first place is that, um, you know, God, we all 21st century living is, is very mechanical. We all we are all doing these disparate jobs. You know, I, I work in a little niche of healthcare no one's ever heard of. And if I started talking about it now, you would be, be bored within seconds. Um, it's, it's important and I love my community, but it doesn't make any sense, um, mm-hmm. for, for your average person on the street. And I think we, we all have our little niches and we, we don't always feel connected and we don't feel like we have a greater purpose. And this literature does have some of that, you know, is, is, is ridiculous and over the top. It can be at times. And we'll, sure we'll talk about it a little bit later with the, <laughs> with that <Death> Star too, <laughs> which I loved, but you know, it, this, this, this. Sword and of sorcery calls to the spirit, I think. And it makes you feel empowered when, mm-hmm. um, so much of your life, you, you don't feel that way. Yeah. Speaking for myself anyway. You no, know.
2: well, well said, I think, yeah, I, I think for, for better or worse, people take that from the genre, right? Some Sometimes, yeah. sometimes people, um, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. They take certain things literally and then use particular bits as like, uh, a little too inspiring, where it's like you can't actually live like that in our society, guys. It's not. Yeah, you will yeah. go to jail. Yeah, <laughs> don't do it. no, there's right.
0: there's there's an element there um, yeah. that is a little bit fringe when it comes to the stuff. I mean, and yes, it's, it's not. It's in sword and sorcery, and I'd be denying uh, the, the truth if I said there wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. There, there is a there is an un kind of an unseason unfavorable element there. I guess I guess I don't know what else to call them, but. I mean you see that with a lot of things a lot of splinter groups will appropriate J.R.R. Exactly. Tolkien and and others yeah. um but it's there I I think you have to you know I, I look at like barbarism and what and what Robert E. Howard was talking about in this book and I think I spelled it out I tried to spell it out in Flaming Crimson where you you know we're, we're not literally talking about ripping your shirt off and putting on a loincloth mm-hmm cutting down your neighbor with a sword because he blew his leaves onto your lawn.
5: <laughs>
0: it's, right. it's, 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 it's the spirit of the thing. It's like, okay, you, I can make a difference. You know, I can, um, I have agency mm-hmm. in, in this world. Mm-hmm.
3: That's that's I how I that's, choose to
0: view barbarism,
3: you know? Yeah. I think that's a super important message. Like, so I used to be a social studies teacher. And one of the things I would say at the very beginning is like, we live in a world where like everything appears to be mapped out and you'd see it from a satellite, but it's not. And there is wonder out there that it's hidden and you got to find it. And it's like the same kind of feeling or like same kind of, like you said, spirit, like you have agency. It just, it just doesn't seem like all the time. You got to find it kind of thing. So that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Which one of the things I just wanted to point out that I really love is you know, we've talked about this on this show. We talk about it in all kinds of different haunts on the internet, the idea of defining what sword and sorcery is. And I've read a lot of different definitions, as I'm sure you did in preparing the book, but I really like how you have sort of broken it down into certain, uh, strands or, or little, I don't know, like little identifiers, right? So the base elements, I think you called it. So you've got men and women of action. Now, to be fair, you're you're not saying every uh, sword and sorcery tale has these things. You're basically saying that these are the hallmarks, and you're going to find them mixed in to things. It, it helps you identify sword and sorcery if you apply a handful of these things to whatever you're talking to, whatever the story is. So, you've got men and women of action, uh, dark and dangerous magic, uh, personal and/or mercenary motivations. Uh, horror Lovecraft influence Mm -hmm. you've got short episodic stories and inspired by history and outsider heroes so I I mean I looked at I thought of well I didn't even need to because obviously your chapters kind of (laughs) they give you tons of examples of like I don't know man you made a really compelling argument there and it feels pretty bulletproof to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kudos. Kudos on that. Which Thank you, man.
3: I gotta yeah. ask because on I mean, I, I know you're on the Whetstone Discord, so I know you've probably seen Replicant Two you, is is my handle. Yeah. Yeah. Blade uh, Runner fan. Roy Batty,
0: Blade Runner fan.
3: Yeah, we yeah, are, there cool you go. Come on. <laughs> so do you think it's possible for an author to write a full length, I'm talking like 350 plus page sword and sorcery novel? Do you think that's possible?
0: I think it's possible.
3: Absolutely, you know.
0: I mean, we, sure. we have we have examples of it. Um, they're not as common as just short story or the novella, but uh, we were starting to see that in the seventies with you know Carl Edward Wagner writing like Bloodstone. It's that's True. probably that's probably not three fifty, but it's probably in the upper two hundred page. Count. I think Darkness Weeds. Darkness Weeds is up there. Longer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> started in the pulps and it started right. in weird tales, so it has that heritage and it's kind of the sweet spot, I still think, but it, it can it can be done effectively
3: at that length. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, I,
3: I agree curious. With that. It, it seems to be uh, something that comes up in conversations and uh, bantering quite a bit. So. You know, the, the, the whole definition thing was, was really, that was probably the hardest chapter
0: for me to write because I, I debated how I was even going to do it and, and I didn't want to be too proscriptive and tell people what it was so and there's always exceptions that's the problem yeah whenever you talk about this people go well you know oh oh wait a minute it's it's personal and well what about our the dragon you know or, yeah, or, yeah. What, what what about elric he's trying to save you know the, the, the multiverse it's there's always going to be exceptions to these rules so my rule of thumb and i i i, I was Hey, I'm proud of myself. I kind of hit on this. I'm like, these are the major elements. It doesn't have to have all of them, mm-hmm. but it can't have none of them. I mean, if, if you eliminate all of these, you're you're talking about something else. Mm-hmm. Or sure. if you've got a if you've got too much of other stuff, you know, if you're if you've got a cast of characters trying to save the world, and and um, you know one of them is a, a prince in disguise, and there's a there's a there's a book of magic that can be deduced by anyone, and there's a school of magic you can attend, it's like you start adding these things up. It's probably moving out of the sword and sorcery mm-hmm. circle.
4: Yeah, where sure. where do you stand on uh, like the early R. A. Salvatore books? Because yeah. to me, that's always kind of danced the line, like something like, uh, I think like Halfling's Gem might be like the first, I think that's the
2: first of the, that I think it's uh, Crystal Shard's the first Crystal one. Crystal Shard, that's right, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know a lot about R.A. Salvatore, but I, I, I sense that he wasn't writing in a sword and sorcery tradition per se, but he was kind of borrowing some elements from it. Was, was it? Was it- I can't pronounce the name of the damn elf. Drist. Drist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's Drist. No one can pronounce the name of the yeah. damn elf. Drist. Drist. Really, the problem is when, yeah, when yeah. you write about this stuff and you go on a podcast, you've never actually said it out loud. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. It's pronounced Drist Duarden. Okay, there you
2: go. Duarden. Dean who goes to Gen Con every weekend. Yeah. That's the answer
1: kind of Since we're kind of on that topic, one of my other favorite chapters that you had there, and, and Matt alluded to it with the heavy metal influence, was the cultural influence of sword and sorcery mm. in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. And you stated on uh, page 204, and you just said it. You didn't explain it. You just said D&D, the new sword and sorcery, in quotes. And mm. I didn't pick up any other explanation. Can you kind of elaborate on why you called it the new sword and sorcery?
0: That's interesting. I'm trying to remember what I actually said in that in that piece. But but, you know, if if you look at how D&D came about, um, Mm -hmm. people tend to think it's I mean, and and, and there are many elements of, of, you know, Tolkienian fantasy, you've got your you've got your party, which is the fellowship of the ring. You've got your character classes, you've got your ranger class, you've got your dwarf, your elf. So absolutely, Gygax, Gary Gygax. No matter what he said, he actually did hijack many elements of uh, of or Tolkien and put them in yeah. there. You know, the reason why he he backed off that was because there was a lawsuit at one mm-hmm. point um, <laughs> leveled against TSR. But you know, really, to, in 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 Gary in Gary Gygax's defense, a lot of what he was reading, which you'll find in the appendix, and is you know, is it was based on a lot of this old sword and sorcery literature right? Oh, yeah. stuff from the yeah. you know the, mm-hmm. the the 20s and on up and you, you you look at really what the original game is about you know i'm kind of a grognard i, I don't play D that much anymore i i had a, i've had a couple long stretches where i played it and i'm not saying i wouldn't play it again I, i've had a blast with it um but i kind of put the dice bag down in about 2012 or so one of the reasons was to write this book. Sure. But um you know you 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 look at like first edition and it was really about going in and you know going into the dungeon and essentially like tomb raiding and collecting gold pieces for profit and it was sort of mercenary and mm-hmm. Agreed. It wasn't really about the world's in peril. I mean you 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 absolutely could create a campaign around that and many people did but you know the the the, the way the game was constructed and written it was about the, the characters
4: Dun- enriching themselves. Yeah, a dungeon, a dungeon delve, almost, right. yeah, which is very, very much a sword and sorcery feel to me. So yeah.
1: maybe what you're getting at is, as the new sword and sorcery is the new D and D, if we want to call it that. That's what people identify; those people who play the game identify sword and sorcery as. Now, is that what you may have been trying to allude to?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that absolutely could have been it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I mean it becomes a it becomes a catch all, right? And the yeah. book mentions this too. Is just that uh, I think you mentioned Guillermo del Toro, famously called Lord of the Rings. I think Lord of the Rings, anyways. Yeah, said it was sword and sorcery, and yeah, mm-hmm. it it it's not. I don't want to be one of those people. Who's like, nah, no, it's not. Nah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, I didn't want to do that either. But, but it, this is the interesting thing, right? Is that it's a sort of weird little club because those who know know. And those who do yep. not are going ahead and saying it. It's like, you know, saying Jethro Tull is a member of the band or that Pink Floyd is a member of the band. It's like, you don't get it, bro. You're
5: not on the inside, man.
2: Well, the Jethro Tull
0: won the uh, won the Grammy for Best Metal Album of the Year. I mean, like, it's just, it's that. I'm, I'm not putting Jethro Tull in the heavy metal category. Sorry. I love alcohol. Yeah, but they, <laughs> but they,
2: uh, because, of, because of this. Listen, we're getting into this now. Uh, <laughs> but be, because of the sort of uh, prog metal uh, Venn diagram, I, I yep. they are not metal, no. But there's an adjacency for sure. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> yep. um, one, one of the thing I just wanted to bring up too was you—you you put a little kind of sidebar piece in that same chapter with sword and sorcery, helpful or harmful label. This is something we go back and forth on a lot. <laughs> I, I love think. writing those sidebars. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I wish I had done one for every
0: chapter. Yeah. One, uh, one day when I do a second edition, I'm going to.
2: Oh man, I a little bit. Weird. When I was <laughs> when I was working on the Conan RPG books, I love the sidebar stuff because it's like a weird excuse to kind of <laughs> you can just editorialize and <laughs> gear off slightly. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. And it is. It's. It. I. I. I agree, man. It's like if if you if you go too far in this direction, it um you turn people off exactly. Like, like people ask me what sword and sorcery is, and um, I don't. I don't like the hand slapping. No. I, I, Game I, I, I err. I err on the side of inclusion when I can, um, but at the same time, it it has to mean something. If everything's yes, sword and sorcery, it's it's meaningless. So, I, again, I try to give the seven elements and that constitute a sword and sorcery story. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna create a. Nor do I think it's it's. You know, people have said to me, "Well, why don't you come up with a definitive yeah. list of all the books that are sort and sorcery?" And, and no, that's, that's a fruitless task. And I'd leave something off. I'd put something on. Someone would disagree with it. Yeah, just, that would need to be a, a living, thing. a
2: living document.
0: Right, it would. And, yeah. and then
2: even then, it's like I don't, I don't know what the value is in having an exhaustive list. More so, no. it's better just to point in directions. I think. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. I, the thesis Spirit. of of what I'm saying is that your seven uh, sort of hallmarks there. Brilliant. And and honestly, I <laughs> I kind of just want to close the proverbial book on it and say, this is how it is, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it No, yeah. it's,
0: uh, it's, I mean, I appreciate that, but this is a ongoing discussion and this is the first book. And I hope there are many others. I really yeah, do. I,
2: I guess what I mean is it's thus far the most comfortable and compelling way to frame it for me. And because like you were saying about all these other blog posts, um, that are scattered everywhere. I see all kinds of nuggets of gold all over the place, yep. but this kind of, uh, it really packaged it uh, well. So yeah. Yeah. Kudos again. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that.
0: So yeah, and, and, and I try, I, I try to, um, that was one thing I wanted to do was, you know, everybody has their own definition and I respect that, but I, I wanted to give it just a little more rigor. I wanted to call in some of these references and mm-hmm. appreciate that.
2: Yeah, I mean, my pleasure. Thanks for the book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a beer coaster, whatever you want to use.
2: No, no. <laughs> um, one thing I want to ask I like to ask, uh, you know, Sword and Sorcery folks this question What is your, not maybe your favorite Sword and Sorcery story, but what is, you know, one that, when I say that, what's the one that kind of makes your heart leap a little?
0: Oh, man, that's yeah, a good question, man. Uh, I know. Um, I should have prepared you. I know. You're catching me unawares here. With the, with even IBA. just first
2: instinct, things that pop in your head. It doesn't need to be your definitive answer.
0: Well, you know, um, one of the ones that pops right into my head, and it's actually a little bit controversial over whether it even is sword and sorcery, I don't know, um, is the broken sword. Oh, yeah. I oh, love kind that. Yeah. Paul Anderson. Good button. Mm-hmm. You know, now, granted, it's it's the, the, the material is. Um,
2: very Scandinavian.
0: Yeah, it's very Scandinavian, and yeah. you get gods that make appearances in there. You know, there there's there are uh, world shaking events. There are a lot of there are a couple strikes against it, even by my own definition. You know, whether mm. it's sure. sword and sorcery, but but you know, Paul Anderson was a, a Robert E. Howard fan, and he read the Norse sagas, which I say have some influence on sword and sorcery. They're yeah. they're really grounded, riddy. Historical, violent branch of of old literature that's made its way in. I think, and he was very much inspired by those. That that is right in that book, and and I I just I love that book. I cannot recommend it enough to anyone. It it mm-hmm. was almost it's almost um came out in a year nineteen fifty four where the Lord of the Rings. Lord hit of the, the Rings, yeah. Same year, can you believe that? What what a year that was. And there's uh-huh. another great book uh, I recommend. It's not sword and sorcery. It's historical. Adventure fiction, um, The Long Ships, which yeah. came out the same year. So it was just an amazing year for fiction. And, um, you know, it's like Michael Moorcock calls it the sort of the anti-Tolkien. I don't know if I would go that far. It's mm-hmm. It's got some, it's a, it's a lot harder edge than The Lord of the Rings. It's not harder edge than Tolkien's, you know, first age Silmarillion material and Children of who are in material. Um, mm-hmm. but it's it's it is uh just a kick ass, grim uh, it, it, incredible imagination and and it's got a lot of sword and sorcery in it, no matter how you want to classify that book.
2: For sure. It feels slightly uh I never really made this connection before, but in my brain it sort of fits in. Like I feel like Carl Edward Wagner uh feels a bit like that book. And yeah. uh, but I would also say that is the book that uh and a lot of sword and sorcery does this, but for some reason in my memory, it's the one where my mind's eye, right? My my inner director when I was reading it, <laughs> it was really visualizing all that smoky, dark sword and sorcery art. Yep. That would come in the 70s, right? Um that one, it just really felt like that art looked. Or looks.
0: <laughs> I I agree. It's yeah. it's it it is um it's just an arresting book. It there's there's very few books that I've read that are quite like that book.
2: Yeah, I I'm um, almost probably, ready to read that.
0: That's probably in my top. Yeah, it's absolutely my top five books of that uh, fantasy books that I've that I've read. I can't recommend that one enough. He's written some other great stuff too. I'll uh, just recommend a little more fringe one Ralph Crocky's saga, um, which is based on an old um icelandic saga okay got a little bit of arthurian ties to it as well but that one's got like the epic fight of all fights at the end if you like your 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 just throw everything in there fight scene like for example you see in death (laughs) stalker 2 you have when you have like the bar fight of all bar fights like this thing has like the epic concluding battle with like trolls and friggin werewolves and vikings and It's like, it's, it's that good. So Read Rolf Krakis saga. Read, read the broken sword. One of the things that you talk
1: about (laughs) in the book is in the eighties, you know, we, sword and sorcery went through a, an arc, you know, it had a peak and then it started to fall apart. It was definitely an arc. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you said that I, I, at least the way I interpreted it, that had it not been, for such bad stuff that was coming out for such a long time that we may be better off sword and sorcery may be more popular than it is now and one of those things is bad movies (laughs) and i think that's a good way to segment in or segue into our uh, next topic of conversation and i think that you might have a lot of insight into this is well beloved by all except logan
2: um, oh, come on, like, Logan.
1: Death Stalker 2. I, I get it.
2: <laughs> he gets it. I get no, it. Get, you get, don't get it. Get it. it. You get don't get
3: it. it. I just don't enjoy sitting down to watch bad movies. I don't think it's fun like so many other people do. I just I don't. I, it's like, whatever.
2: I oh, just, man.
4: But wait, see, uh, the, uh, this is my first comment about Death Stalker. Is it's a bad movie that knows it's a bad movie. Yes, Death Stalker yes. One does is a not bad know. movie, right? That, yeah. uh, it does not know that it's a bad movie. Death Stalker Two said, "We get it. We know where we are. We are <laughs> yeah. okay with that, and yeah. we're, everything is just we're all in on the shitty." It's, well, the it's shitty. funny <laughs>
3: because Roger Corman, the director, the producer. Did not want to go funny. He did not, nice. and he hated yeah. it. And the yeah. next two Death Stalker movies are serious. And right. I will, I will admit, one, three, and four are way worse than yeah. Death Stalker two. If we're gonna like say, what's the golden crap here? Death Stalker <laughs> two is the golden crap. But <laughs>
2: I mean, but okay. This... So, okay. There's there's so many things. <laughs> right. I got I got a thousand things to say, Dean. Right. What do you what do you got? Okay. Here? As someone who grew up
1: in the eighties and devoured stuff like this, I mean it's it's so beautifully pure eighties, the hairstyle, the music, the boobs <laughs> everywhere. I mean, it's so good. Matt said, why is he, he posed this question to us, why is Death Stalker 2 a guilty pleasure? And Okay, yeah, it's a guilty pleasure. But instead of like feeling guilty about it, we should revel in the fact that something like this was actually produced because we will never, ever see something as glorious and as hilarious as this again. I agree. I have no guilt. No guilt. (laughs) We should should embrace this movie because we will never see its kind again.
4: (laughs) I I, I almost probably won't.
2: no, no, no. Well the most
4: <laughs> the, the most egregious thing, and, and Brian, I read your, your blog post, and I have to disagree yeah. with you on one account. There's a few okay. things I do agree with. You you do need to see Death Stalker one before you watch Death Stalker Two because you want okay. to exactly quantify the yeah. scenes that have literally been ripped from the first oh my movie. God. It's like easily average. And got that, a, like if you don't know, if you didn't see one, you don't know that it They've is got
0: deliterate. a Gamorrean guard type dude who's just yeah. was killed in the first one. They just drop him
4: right they, back in part two. They had no problem with <laughs> it. Had yeah. no problem with it. The exact no, like, same fight scene. The bar <laughs> footage.
2: Exact same scene. Actual pickup <laughs> shots. Uh, <laughs> that bar. That bar was every
1: bar in first edition D and D. Yes, yes, that's
2: true. <laughs> you have there to was have every the bar in the, in
4: the Death Starker role. series, too. <laughs> Did you notice in that
0: scene, like, he, it's a legit fight that starts because, you know, there's there's some guards that are slapping around his love interest, but he just yeah. starts going to town on random people. He's just oh, yeah. flipping <laughs> over tables. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. That, that it's, bar it's... scene
1: has the best line also, and this could it's only that? be said in the 80s. Normally I don't mind seeing a woman getting a good beating if she deserves it. Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Which is just like Jesus <laughs>
1: Christ. Yeah.
2: yeah. If I find her deserving and he's smiling at the time? Yeah. But it's like I Now listen, oh I, I'm God. giving I might be giving way too much credit to Deathstalker, but it almost feels like it, the way he's delivering that line almost yeah. feels like the movie knows it's a weird mm-hmm. place in time <laughs> and that like misogyny <laughs> is an ingredient that we need to put into these movies right. and like they were ticking a box yeah um and, and one thing i want to say too is like okay so first of all if you're listening to this podcast if if we're saying yes you should watch death stalker 2 there's an asterisk beside that okay yep. death stalker 2 is <laughs> bananas it is a movie out of time Yes, it's self aware, but it's misogynistic as hell. It's oh yes. Yeah. And there's some like there's some sexual violence that occurs here or there. And like so just know that ahead of time that we're not like, yes, this is a fine point in cinema. But I mean, as a curiosity, as a piece from the eighties, it it really is hilarious. I think you know this that- is
3: interesting. Um and guys, this is Dean Alfred's perspective, right? Yes. I am the youngest person here tonight. Um, and I did not even be introduced to Sword and Sorcery till I was twenty one. Oh wow. And uh when I see these movies, I see them as the reason I don't have good movies to watch. <laughs> That's what they are. They're an they awesome are not wrong. Having good movies to watch. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're like, not wrong. He's not yeah. wrong.
1: No, at all. No, I have no
3: nostalgia for it. I didn't see the VHSs in Blockbuster. <laughs> I none of it. I I, I I used to do
0: that in the 80s, man. We and I I don't I, I will say I I so appreciate you guys having me on the show because I I will say even as a sword and sorcery nerd, I hadn't seen Death Starker too. Yeah. Prior to being invited on the show. I've saw Deathstalker one and that is so abysmal. Oh yeah. And it's if wild. you want to talk about offensive, Matt, there's like yeah. there's like yeah. six sexual assaults within the first 40 minutes. That was kind of yeah. yeah.
2: by it's your un- hero. <laughs> by yeah, by hero. the hero of yeah. the movie. Yes. It's just it's yeah, it's, it's unbelievable it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so but i i don't know how i i think one of the reasons why i didn't see death stalker 2 was th- this first one was just it was and, and but but it was also just boring it was it wasn't it's bad yeah it is a, that terrible. is a bad movie
2: i did yeah. i did i do give it points i like the soundtrack of okay death stalker and they recycled some of it in death stalker 2 and then the but the death stalker 2 soundtrack is is, is awesome. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Good luck getting that out of your head. Did you yeah. guys catch Did you did, uh- did
0: you see the scene with the, the midges playing like the mandolin and she's he's she's playing the the damn soundtrack like re- repeated track and the, yeah. and the and the and the the faux princess says don't she- don't you know another song? She like throws her, yeah, yeah, she yeah, throws yeah. this midget out of the room. And by the way, this movie has a fascination with midgets. So like they're like, yes, all it does. Place. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going on with that either. Uh,
2: <laughs> again, that's an eightiesism. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's an eighties thing.
1: Did any of you uh, catch the reference? When he was talking about how famous they would be, legendary and the Conan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, The girl straight up says
3: like Conan, implying that somehow this is the same, like right. Yeah. The director and I can't pronounce his name, so there's the W. Um, the director was chosen by Corman because he directed Chopping Mall, which was also another Roger Corman. Is it the same director? Yeah, same director as Chopping oh, wow. Mall.
0: Yeah, wow. Yeah. And
3: the guy who plays Deathstalker is also in Chopping Mall.
0: Yes, he is. But
3: Roger Corman was adamant that he should have been the one to produce a Conan movie. Oh, wow. And he wanted to prove that he deserved Conan by making Deathstalker. And he did. <laughs> That's crazy. <cringy. laughs> <laughs> he did. Wow. That could have been really bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, I, I have director, to, actually, like if you look it up on the Wikipedia page, there's the quote from the interview on there and everything. Like, it's fascinating. Yeah. You but know, to, was a character.
2: I, I do give enjoy Alex a number credit. of his
3: B movies, but
2: because Alex is so Brian was saying how like he saw the first Deathstalk and he's like, I'm not watching any goddamn one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex was the one who I think this was way back when we were like Which when we first started, yeah. yeah, it was when we were like yeah. playing Conan Exiles. I think you're like, what, you yeah. guys haven't see Deathstalker 2?
4: What? it's amazing alex, you gotta see this it's crazy have to see it i've been wanting to do this episode for many years at this yeah. point yeah
1: so, so alex what's your
4: favorite part of that whole movie oh you, you know I, where to start um I I, I I just i mean the absurdity of it is is yeah. clearly my favorite part you don't have to pick a scene or anything like that i actually think that some of like the one on one combat is not bad. It's, it's I don't I think it's not terrible. The sword fights have
2: been worse. There's, I've seen yeah, that's yeah, right. I've seen worse. One of the
3: coordinators um, is actually like a sword fighting like expert, so like that went mm-hmm. in
2: there. I swear to god, you, I thought uh, you were gonna say ninja. No, there's a <laughs> no, one of ninja, and, ninja. He knows no, he's just right. throwing ninja. stars. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's a throwing star right. in there.
4: What, what might be my favorite <laughs> scene is the and this is again the, how cheesy over the top it is the wrestling ring with, with the amazon women
0: with the round cards We're like, holding so them up. Kong,
4: <laughs> she was on uh she was a a, a glow wrestler like an yeah. actual professional wrestler yeah, right. in the 80s mm-hmm. uh she was on glow and i think she did other things as well it was uh oh, i think it was oh matilda my... the hun oh, was, right uh, was her memories. name really that was her <laughs> name I think her name might have been Matilda the Hun. I, oh, I, wow. I don't quote me on I that. that. I not I'm not sure that when uh, Someone look me up while we're talking about it. Uh, but yeah. like just to do that is <laughs> so but that that's where like I was With watching rounds that movie. and they're the corner like massaging the shoulders and everything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and up. it's so and and he's wrestling in a literally a pair of underwear. Okay. So they, yeah, they yeah. You, you can tell they put, took a pair of underwear and they actually like Sewed on some brown like leather on like the (laughs) lining to make it look less like underwear, and so he's fighting. But this is the scene that I thought I was like for a minute. I was like, "Oh my god, okay, they're making some kind of uh, feminist message here, right? Like this lady is gonna beat his ass, and it's awesome. You're cheering for it, and then he's just like (laughs) he wrecks her. He's round. I was kicking. (laughs) He's round. I was kicking her in the face. And at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, she like shows up in the background, she's like, Yeah. yeah. Up. <laughs> Thanks for beating my ass. You're a hero now and I love you.
1: So <laughs> rewarded. I, so many of the assignments that We're given from Matt or or the ideas that we get. Um, My wife has to participate in because you know we usually you know watch things together. Well, I wasn't going to make her watch this one, but it was that wrestling scene that I had paused when I had to get up and go get a cup of coffee, and she comes in and she goes, "What in the hell are you watching?" There's some very large woman carrying a man around like, yeah. I'm sorry, it's for the podcast. And he goes, so she just, you know, let it go with that. But
4: yeah, it's about, then, it's about as low as you can get. <laughs> and then a, uh, the,
2: the next scene is like straight up literal playboy bunny, soft porn. Well, like this is a porn adjacent film. Well, just in terms of soft porn, porn. He was a playboy yeah. bunny. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what, what I mean. Yeah. She's a literal yeah. playboy bunny.
1: She, I yeah. did a little, I don't want to use the word drill down, but that's. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Don't straighten that shaft. Straighten right? the
1: shaft. <laughs> you you totally already went there. But that gal grew uh, up <laughs> in a nudist colony. What? And it, yes. What? Her this father, is research you've done. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh wow! He's done the research. <laughs> she grew up. In
1: it, so she was totally, <laughs> n- totally comfortable in those scenes. And as late as 2008, she was running her own porn video company.
2: Wow. Okay. What? So porn adjacent wasn't just a
3: it was. Like, right.
2: It's okay. actually very much. much.
3: It was. Wow. And Just a quick callback. Alex is right. Her real name is Deanna Boer, but she was Matilda the Hun. Awesome. She's also the bearded lady in Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh wow. Bell. There you go. She was a anyway. legit,
0: like, 6'3. I mean, she yeah, just yeah. just yeah. Yeah. over Huge. the lead actor. Oh, my God. Very tall. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was Maddis. And and I, I want to get this out there, too, that, like, dean's talking about the wild ideas i come up with for the show and the homework i create and his poor wife has to like deal with it but like I, I i'm gonna be very clear that my intentions for this episode was to get an author like i wanted to have brian on the show anyways but i was like let's get a guy who's written a book on sword and sorcery like really kind of contextualizing it in a professional manner and then <laughs> shoehorn in a discussion about Two. stalker Stupidest movie.
0: <laughs> I think I said, Matt, I, I said, I think it's like you have a, uh... I'm not trying to compare myself to you know Bill Belichick, the greatest football yes. coach, maybe of all time. <laughs> Have him on and you talk tech mobile or something. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's exactly. Like, <laughs>
4: exactly.
2: That's so so, that's why so, is Jackson
4: do, so good. <laughs> I love this stuff.
0: Like if 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 you hate this stuff, you probably aren't gonna like Swords. Sword, Sorcer- Sword and Sorcery has this ridiculous side to it as well. And yeah, I love it. I I I love it all. Like I mm-hmm. embrace all of the the nonsense, and that's why I love this movie. It it obviously it's not a full parody. Like, I don't think they knew the genre well enough to parody it effectively, yeah. but it it doesn't take any of it seriously whatsoever. I have a it's suggestion.
4: I have a suggestion, Brian. Why don't we run your litmus test on the movie? <laughs> does it, does oh, yeah. it, it's going to pass. <laughs> I love you, I
0: love all it. Seven Alex, movies. Alex, it'll pass. <laughs> I think it will. I think it will pass. I'm <laughs> sure
4: it'll
3: pass. Mm, no doubt about that.
0: I mean, it has you men even... and women of action. We know yeah. that. Right. There we go. It's got a giant female wrestler, and it has mm-hmm. a it has a shirtless dude who's just kicking some ass. The
4: Multiple female leads,
0: actually. Mm-hmm. That yeah, relatively...
3: on Queen and the uh, blonde, yeah, yeah. who's also the bad guy. Yep. Can we just
0: pause uh, for a minute and say the the, the women are just absolutely gorgeous? I mean, they, yeah. Except yeah, for the wrestler. Definitely. I mean, they're 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 all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're it's, all up it's... there.
2: It was actually what? interesting because it's like cinema has changed, right? Like I'm watching this movie and it's sort of like looking at Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like where, where it's like every, the, the sort of female body is uh, very prominent on Instagram. <laughs> it's, it's, that's where you're getting the yeah. millions of clicks. And, you know, movies today, you know, they still hire attractive actors, actresses. Um, that's still part of Hollywood, right? But, man, you look at this and it was just unabashedly. Here's an attractive person. Look at them. And I, I almost feel like they're acting beyond poorly. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. 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 the but, it, but the lead, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah. Uh, I just I can't had it. Um, John Terleski. Yeah. Terlesky, yeah. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Who I think went on to be a director and stuff. He's a
4: handsome man. He's yeah, handsome. he was. He was a, very a handsome man. But he's, but he's got, got nice got, feathered hair. Yeah, uh, yeah his hair is fantastic. <laughs> that's on the middle. litmus test for <laughs> 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 that, that
0: That's the hidden eighth element. That, that, yeah, right, yeah. You, yeah. Can, you can yeah. unlock. Yeah. I still think we need to put
1: it all the way through the litmus tester. I know. Let's that- do it. Let's yeah, do oh, it. We'll, we'll do it.
2: We'll do it. I just wanted to say he's handsome and uh, a charismatic lead. Like, yeah. yeah, I yeah, think he really was. Great okay, but so one thing before all-
4: so I wanted to just segue to one thing really quick because it was a real quick point uh, about that lead. If we are ever ma- doing a Deathstalker remake, my guy's Logan. Logan needs to be the
0: Jesus next Christ.
4: Death
2: Star. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's been going. He to assumes the mantle. <laughs> yeah, that's so, fair. I'll, I'll accept I,
0: that. I was doing a little bit of research for the show, and I'll post him on LinkedIn like we all are for our professional lives. So that, that guy's on LinkedIn, John Turleski. Hmm, I was oh almost going to link in with him and just be oh, like. you got to friend him. Yes. Yeah, I want
2: him too. on the show. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. you got to
4: land him, Matt. At, I, uh, I think we could probably even maybe get the uh, the female lead. You should look for Monique, Monique Gabrielle.
1: What yeah. I mean, the names of the actresses. So totally eighties. They all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, Monique Gabrielle, and what was the other? But we got
4: to say really nice things in Oscar this yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, say yeah. really nice things now, so that we can get them later.
2: <laughs> all right, I, I'm gonna, I got the book in front of me, so we're okay. gonna we're gonna we do, this, do this. this. Yeah, let's uh, do so the, uh, I no, mean, no, we we this. Stuff. We brought up the we're going to
1: we're going to legitimize Deathstalker two.
2: Okay, so <laughs> do it. that's do it. stalker two, according to uh, <laughs> Brian, Murphy. Brian Murphy's uh, main, what is it called? The base elements of sword and sorcery. So yeah. part one, men and women of, women of action. No yes. action. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. We're locked in. Dark and dangerous magic.
3: Oh,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: I, yeah. Don't see, I don't see benevolent schools of actually, sorcery. Actually, no. still the,
3: the highlight for me, actually, I really like when the, like, eye patch mercenary toss the coins in the water to talk to the sorcerer and then the sorcerer puts the sword through the portal Mm -hmm. that was clever that was very clever yeah Yeah, it was a
2: very skeletor move so
4: you're saying you like the movie Logan? no
3: (laughs) 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 there are elements that i will like they did they did well with what they had i suppose but it's not something i'm gonna watch uh, again for a long while all right number three number three (laughs) so
2: Personal and/or mercenary motivations. Oh uh, my God! Yeah, of course, yeah, easy, he, you easy. know what? Let me,
0: let me pause there for a minute. He he wasn't even going to uh, help her out until she oh, mentioned a reward. Yes, exactly. all about right. the Benjamins. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's very sword
2: and sorcery. Uh, horror slash Lovecraftian influence. Not so I much.
3: I don't think so. I don't think they had the budget for that. Yeah, didn't, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting because, like the <laughs> subtitle is "Duel of the Titans," and there's no Titans in it. Wait a minute, yeah. that I would the no. zombie scene.
4: Oh the Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah the, the undead.
0: The undead. Does so have
4: that the, the like the face taking on the headboard sort of situation. Which, yes, I don't know, maybe yeah, that she too. takes
3: the souls and puts their face yeah. on the headboard. I mean, that could be yeah. sort of they
4: were tortured
0: faces on that yeah. on that headboard. Yeah, yeah, I would go with that. Yeah, yeah. The that's... ultimate. They had the ultimate moment of ecstasy and then agony. So, wait, we're we're perfect so far? This is perfect so far. I
5: think we're right on. we're we're, four for four.
2: (laughs) So, short episodic stories. Now, guess what? Deathstalker 2? I think it's about a 110-minute running period. Oh, it was shorter than that. That's that's like legendarily short. And yeah, that's that's it's cracking. seventy-five minutes, Matt. It's it's an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's nothing. They what made I hundred what I meant <laughs> was an you hour. You said one hundred
0: and ten, almost two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hour. God, no. It barely cracks an hour.
2: I mean an hour. hour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, like, Matt couldn't <laughs> even read a book in that amount of time. Matt, Matt doesn't
2: math. Um, <laughs> Matt. My name's ironic. <laughs> Uh <laughs> so i think that that easily in the end that's if you don't include the uh wicked uh blooper reel bloopers I that. Section. <laughs> which it looks like they had a fun time filming did you not yeah,
1: watch did. the bloopers logan i did i, I okay. did
2: bloopers yeah. are great i knew they were
3: there yeah I okay it's here. five for five or five, for five.
2: <laughs> now here's here's the dubious one uh Inspired by history. <laughs> um, depending... Does the '80s count?
5: Well, no wait a second.
1: <laughs> She mentioned Conan. That's a historical sword and sorcery figure. Oh my god! We gotta pitch. We gotta get that in there. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. I, I love it. Dean. I love it. I love it. I, you're you're running at this. I like this. And the '80s were a moment in time.
4: Oh, they the were like '80s that. were a moment in time. <laughs>
2: uh finally okay. we have uh outsider heroes which i mean yeah no one's yeah. cool no one's as cool as death stalker he rolls yeah, no. in there no one's he's, looking he, like him he's the prince of thieves yeah. so, right. so what we've
4: come across here he's is robin hood this and is Conan. A perfect a perfect example of sword and sorcery. It's yes, falls it dead center in the, in the Venn diagram of
0: Sword and yeah. sorcery. Everything everything's branches off from Death Snarker 2. Like yeah. Yeah. Two. <laughs> It wow. seems to be. Robert E. Howard is is Death Snarker 2 adjacent as far as i
2: Oh boy, I think that we
3: It wasn't oh. really codified until Death Snarker 2.
2: Yeah, that's when oh, it that's why he became He's... what it was why do you think uh, they had two other death stalker movies yeah. It wasn't on the strength of death one okay? when did okay. death stalker come out when did death stalker come out
0: uh eighty seven yeah, the yep. year
3: I was born
0: uh, <laughs> yeah this was uh, like that yeah the, the, this was the height of my adolescent you know I was just starting high school in nineteen eighty seven this this stuff was everywhere like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this was a golden yeah. age for the genre and Trying to capture that a little bit in flaming crimson, but man, that that was an era to grow up in. Like like you go when I was a kid go, going to the bookstore in the town I grew up in, man, you could, you could pick up Savage Sword of Conan still, and Ugh, there yeah. was there was the uh, the Lancer paperbacks secondhand to be had all over the place. Um, yeah, you
2: you could go to a grocery store and oh, you yes. would be able to yeah. spin a rack and find Conan paperbacks. Yes, like, what you absolutely world.
0: could. Yep. Quick story before we get back to Deathstalker, we we. One of the things I used to do was on Saturday mornings, we would walk up to this bookstore in downtown Reading, Massachusetts, where I grew up, Pages Bookstore, and they had all kinds of old paperbacks, and, and they had that's where I found Savage Sword of Conan. I could buy the issues for like a buck, 75 cents or a buck. I would go with a couple of my friends, we would buy this shit, and then we would walk next door, there was a pizza joint that had a little mini television sets that you would put quarters in you can you watch 30 minutes of tv per for a quarter we watched thunder the barbarian <laughs> saturday <laughs> wow. mornings with we'd, we'd feed us some quarters <laughs>
4: you have yeah. you have my heart my friend you Have my heart <laughs>
0: that, back that, back that was where
3: that i grew
4: up my <laughs> By oh, the way, I grew thunder. up in Burlington, so we we grew up as neighbors as well. Yeah. All right. <laughs> wow. We Matt, Alex, we 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 have to meet up one of these. Yeah. Well, we've got to meet up for a beer for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Have a beer with a, some acid mammoth. Yeah. Have a <laughs> beer with some acid. acid
2: mammoth. Did I tell you a, a woman I work with was wearing an acid mammoth hoodie? You did. You mentioned like, that to me. I was like, what? Uh, impossible.
4: Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Sorry. They're the best. They are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Best band with like no
2: no one knows about them. except for this lady yeah. I work with in Spryfield. Yep. Like, come on now. That's strange. Yep. Uh so, so I think
1: we've kind of exhausted not only ourselves, but <laughs> Death Stalker.
2: <laughs> well, uh, now hang on, because uh is there anything else I want to say about this? I don't know. Was there a, was there a double footed drop kick in this movie? You know where like someone oh. jumps and kicks with both feet. Mm. I don't know if it was something. That yeah, was watching sure. recently
0: he did that in the wrestling match. I believe
2: that's what I thought. He did yep, a double double legged drop kick. I yep. I always love that. Yep.
0: Oh, guy, I, I've, yeah. I have right. to mention a couple other things. The, there was some ridiculous one liners throughout this movie that. <laughs> I, oh, I stopped yes. and was freaking dying laughing. Remember? So this chin, the buccaneer, he's the he's the rogue that uh, Jerrak enlists to help capture Deathstalker. And he's mm-hmm. got his he's got his his uh, five sort of mercenary line up there. And he introduces them in the bar as a fearless five. So oh, yeah. We, have, yeah, yeah, we yeah. have crazy Otto Rheingold, the mad Prussian. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we have Ed the Hedge, Ed the Hedge Shemansky, who's who served five years on the Genghis Khan strike Force. I love this one. We have John the Baptist drowning yes. is a
4: specialty.
2: <laughs> John the Baptist, hold <laughs> on a second, because what was our thing we thought we might fail on, inspired by history? History.
5: <laughs> there you go. There you
0: go. <laughs> and then we held it. And then the last one is Buddy Footstool Rosa, and he happens to be another little person. <laughs> yes, freaking
5: on footstool.
0: Oh, God. Damn! Uh, it's, yeah, it's out of control. It's,
1: One of my first laugh out loud moments is where the orc pig person, whatever he is, he's more on
4: guard. Yep. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. And he's getting ready to eat, and there's a pig's head in front
2: yeah.
1: of him. <laughs> and he picks it up yeah. and then starts eating it. That was my first laugh out it. loud.
2: At yep. first, he's perturbed. And then he realizes, oh, wait, I've done this before in the first Death (laughs) (laughs) This is literally the same That's right. (laughs) Uh, Dollar store One
0: other quick thing to mention, there is, uh, I I took this down, it jumped right out of the screen at me. When they're they're out on the quest, they approach a signpost, and it has the arrows pointing in different directions with the mileage distances. And one of them says Lemuria.
5: Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's right.
0: And there you go. There's, There's your hat tip to... You you know, quasi history yeah also yeah. the hyborian age you know i mean that's lemuria's reference in the shadow kingdom yeah uh it's it, it was pretty cool and the, the the other one's is like uh god what the hell is it altair 4 which i looked up because i'm a nerd uh, it was um, it's a star. It was from the 1956 film Forbidden Planet. Yeah. <laughs> like all oh, those signs have okay. a little reference behind them, That's which I thought was cool. cool. It's like little yeah. Easter eggs in this. I knew the there's like it. dumb film. There's, there's like a little bit like there's there's mm-hmm. a little bit of, there's more than a little bit of
3: self-awareness going on yeah. in Deathstalker 2. And there's a bunch of lines they say from other movies. Like I know there's an Abbott and Costello line because I like watched a YouTube video on, on like all the Easter eggs in this. Uh, they, they, yeah it's funny stuff you know what logan
2: good for you man because you you were not feeling this but you no. did your goddamn you research. paid attention i did yeah, i did i job nice job man thanks <laughs> the
4: uh another another thing to kind of comment on this is I'll, I'll, i don't know i'm gonna try to be serious with this but it doesn't really matter um the, i the start final, now yeah right i know <laughs> well, the final combat i find it interesting that death stalker is bested He's basically oh, yeah. he's basically yeah. beaten, and of course by the random you know turn of luck or whatever, he managed to to sort of just get the the, the gutting at the end. But he's not the better swordsman, and like he's supposed to be like this the, the best swordsman. And I feel like and it, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that like jerick's one of his things? He just wanted to be like the better, the better of the two of them. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. I'm off on that. So yeah, see, serious, some serious stuff in there. He spent every day just
0: killing random henchmen. uh, Yep.
2: (laughs) Can we, and, and honestly, we haven't even mentioned like the part that just really, it really brings you in at the beginning, you know, she looks out, he's escaped. And I shall have my revenge. Yeah, that's and, and Deadstalker 2. Ewo baby. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you, but
0: you, you know, right there that man, exactly. That, this, is, yeah. this is like, oh my god, it, it tells you what amazing. I'm taking. <laughs> well, Brian,
4: Ryan, you you hit the nail on the head in your blog post on this. Is it's a poor man's army of darkness. Yes. it is. Yeah, and I, I, guy, I, when I read that, I was like, nailed it. That's it. Yeah, John Trellesky is is. Um,
0: his name from Army of Darkness, uh, like here. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. He has a lot of Bruce Campbell mannerisms mm-hmm. and and one-liners and, yeah. and yep. like you know that's just fellow talk. I mean, even stuff he drops.
2: <laughs> yeah, the comedic misogyny, right? Like, yes, yeah. it. You know, it. It reminds me of Army of Darkness where she makes him this blanket and he's like, "Oh, good. I, love that. I could use a horse blanket." <laughs> 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 he's, just a, he's just an <laughs> asshole, you know. But like, <laughs> Somehow he's <laughs> handsome enough and charming enough that you're like, God it damn works. it. I'm laughing at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. He has That's a
0: crazy. line where he says, I'm in the wealth re- I'm in the wealth redistribution business. Rob from the rich and pretty much keeps, it
4: for myself.
2: I mean listen he and the other thing is too, he carried that movie, right? Like yeah. there, there there's some good stuff in there, but like without his like I just smoked a bong and went surfing. Sort of charm, like, <laughs> it would have been trouble. Like, yeah, uh, you don't think the movie could work.
4: stand on its own with just the line of
3: stalker? What stalker?
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, and that's they his name.
2: You. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yes, is yeah. that your first name or your last name? That's demon
0: stalker to you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yeah, and you, a for you guys and anyone else listening, there's there is um. It was a wonderful interview with the with the director Jim Winorski. I looked this up because oh, yeah. again, doing some doing some show prep. That's what I do. Nice podcasting them softly. Um, <laughs> it's a weird name. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. It sounds it sounds porn adjacent as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure does. Podcasting them softly. This is dude who's like the ultimate Death Stalker Two fan, and he has a full interview with. Director Jim Wynorski. Oh, no and way. It, it goes wow. into a lot of detail about this movie and how it was made, and hmm. it's incredible. Like they all went to Argentina. He went with his friends. He was dating yeah. Monique Gabrielle at the time.
3: Um, Classic. He, he was handed and a. terrible... the other one, the dark-haired yeah. one. That's the bad lady. That and she got like another job, and yeah. so they just wrote her off. And she like walks off in the last battle. He was handed wow. a terrible first
0: script and he re- rewrote it with John Turleski, the main actor. Like they, oh. they, they were like making the shit up. Like that as they must went have along. been really bad.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
0: and and he, he said in the thing, he's like, well, what, what what was that like? He's like, well, this he's like, God damn it. He goes, this was 35 years ago. He goes, but it was a hell of a time. He goes, yeah. the women were hot in Argentina. We were just going out and have fun every freaking weekend. I, yeah. I, I, swear whatever budget they had probably went into some dive bar in Argentina.
2: There's probably some cocaine. It uh,
0: probably was.
1: Somebody it's said brilliant. it earlier that, uh, <laughs> that this movie is very self-aware of it. You know, it's so self-aware. It's talking to itself almost.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. At times. Yeah. And, and, and that, that ultimately is what works about it because you know i i agree the the other ones are they're a hard watch where you're just like this yeah, is goddamn embarrassing rough. and i mean even yeah. death stalker 2 like logan remarked of how like how do i explain this to someone who has no idea yeah. and if you are not a fan of bad movies for the sake of the, for them being bad right if that's not the drawing feature then you know it's tough to explain but this one is self-aware enough that you get a sense the people who made it realize how ridiculous and absurd yeah. it, it is yeah
3: so um you asked about the budget imdb reports that it was estimated at four hundred thousand dollars
0: well spent yeah i mean what does that even get you if, if you bring right. out a film crew and a there's, cast of how many were in there yeah. like what are they certainly not getting, getting? there's 19 getting credited bucks. actors <laughs> How much are they getting? Just do the math. There's yeah. oh, a basic division. It's like, okay. One oh, other really $400 minor... to shoot for six weeks in Argentina. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> One other minor, just like, this is just like the stupid things that you get in this movie is when he is finally um, hooking up with uh, the fem- the evil half of the female yeah. lead. Yeah. Right. He, he starts and he's wearing clothes and then they just cut. And, like, his shirt's just not there. Anymore. It's gone. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's just, and, I mean, it's just... It, it's, like, these little stupid things that, like, yeah. when you just tie them all together, you're like, they did yeah. not care.
3: Yeah. <laughs> There's no editing. Rog- nothing. They just didn't care. Roger Corman said they shot it somewhere between 19 and 22 days. Wow. I remember. Yeah. 400,000 bucks.
2: A month 19, in Argentina. Oh,
4: yeah. It's a lot of drug money right there. Well, like a <laughs> glamorous role.
2: Yeah. Man, <laughs> the zombies... The set with the zombies was... Like Good. set up in twenty minutes. I like yeah. it. I mean, I I have been I'm sorry. To, I've been to Halloween fright Fests with better. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I have. I literally have. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. High school plays have done better jobs of uh, yeah. set design.
2: Yeah. 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 You can you can see all the seams where it's like, oh, this is our rocky arch. Oh, and you can see the texture of yeah. your, <laughs> it's like the paper knives mache. were cutting the, the styrofoam. <laughs> yeah.
0: So th- to, to go back to that interview, there was a the, there was a, the real producer. I thought it was Roger Corman. It was this guy, Frank Isaac. Well, he was getting pissed, apparently, at all the changes they were making to the script. So he calls down Roger Corman. Who came down and watched the, sh- the the dailies? He he and Corman's quote was, "This is fine. Keep going." <laughs> <laughs>
4: Passes the <I deal> like- old. <laughs> t- <laughs> yeah. That's quality. We got that.
2: Yeah,
0: that's
4: fine. Well,
2: let's keep going. Oh god, oh, I love it. it. Uh, this.
0: It. This is, I mean, this is an element of sword and sorcery that we all have to acknowledge exists. Like right. the, there oh. is a nonsense. But just hilariously fun angle to all
2: this. And yeah, and I think really the, the Deathstalker series is an example of kind of combing through the crap to find the diamonds, right? Like mm-hmm. even even in the because listen, those really low budget sword and sorcery movies, the eighties, the Italian films, like they're brutal, man. Like they're yeah. they're hard Barbarian to. Re- brothers, they're, <laughs> brothers. <Yeah. Antor. laughs> they're hard to redeem. But this is a in the context. Of these films this is the one that is a gem i would say yeah and i do not obviously include conan the barbarian in any of this but no, like
0: conan the barbarian is 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 a great film yeah, um, yeah and, and i will go to bat with anyone who wants to throw down on that I, yeah. I know there are varying opinions and i totally get it that it's not robert e howard's conan believe me Doesn't matter. i know that i think we all know that but yeah. as a sword and sorcery film oh man it's a it's a
2: masterwork mm-hmm. yeah um, it is I mean in in ways I have as much love for that film as I do for Robert E Howard's work period mm-hmm. I just I just mm-hmm. do it's it's, it's a good, huge part, point. Of, my, huge part point. of my life and I'm so, so glad you didn't yeah. say
3: death stalker too or whatever <laughs> in in, in I many ways love for that. Death well, we just established though
4: so that two two. it's all Death Stalker adjacent. So yeah, we're it, all it right. is. <laughs> right, Death Stalker's at the at the dead center.
2: I yep. think we've established <laughs> <that> Death <laughs> Stalker is the most sword and sorcery thing ever created, so it's according to Brian's book here. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I don't care.
0: If Tarlisku <laughs> was a little more jacked. It would have been like ten out of ten. Now it's like it's a yeah. like nine point eight
2: mm-hmm. out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of he's, <laughs> he's a little. Come on, you gotta. You went doing his squats there in Argentina. <laughs> I come down there. Uh, Get you oiled up. We gotta do the bench press. All right, I'm talking to Arnold gibberish now. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> call it. We gotta wrap it.
0: Yeah. You have yeah. to just say too the the, the the covers of those of those movies, yeah. man. In this one, you've got Boris Vallejo doing the yeah. the, the cover art. He must have made a mint because he did all yeah. five of them or four, however
1: many. The one. first one was, has the
3: pig man on it.
0: Yeah. He was illustrating everything in the '80s. I swear yeah. to God. He, the
4: yeah. the cover for this too is completely unrelated to anything oh yeah i mean it, like let's yeah. not even talk about the the, yeah. the physiques of the people and all that because we, well, we get that that's always uh yeah, a- a- accentuated for, but there's what, what's the thing in the background this demon thing yeah <laughs> yes yeah. no there's way Duel of the
0: titans is the subtitle i'm like mm-hmm. okay i guess the final sword fight is sort of relates to that yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> those are your titans i guess that was like they already had a good title with death stalker uh T O O T W O, right? Yeah. Like you could have just fired a, a slash in there, and it, <laughs> then that would have been a, a topic of curiosity. Oh, why are you using the two twos there? Interesting.
3: I didn't Send even the- notice <laughs> the demon thing in the back until you brought it up. I had to pull up a picture.
2: Yeah. Nope. And, nope. nope. I actually <laughs> think that the, the 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 actress in that photo is close to what that yeah. picture has. She's closer than uh, than tyranny there. Uh, yeah yeah, i think so with his curly
3: mullet yeah that's what happens to my hair when i let it grow out hey do you think for like the
0: the next issue of whetstone whetstone five if we all chipped in we could get boris vallejo to do the
2: cover illustration probably (laughs) i think you you could get boris for about a thousand bucks for a painting we could do it there's enough people on the discord to put in show your (laughs) shillings Uh, I do you know this actually upholds
4: my running theory of sword and sorcery bad guys must have bad hair. He yeah. doesn't have great hair. He does yeah. not have great hair. He's got like, well, I mean it's you know, it's just like this like parted right. short shortcut. That's not very doesn't fit for the for the part.
0: Yeah, yeah. anyone cut bad hair. Did anyone else see think he looked vaguely like Buffalo
2: Bill from Silence of the Lambs?
3: Yes! <laughs> yes! I
0: was like, he looks
2: so
3: familiar. Where is that? That's it.
2: Someone That's needs to splice in the tucking scene.
4: Oh, was <laughs> oh, she like a great big fat person? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, that I, listen. Oh, where are we going to end it better than this? I Come think off. yeah. <laughs> so I want to apologize to our listeners uh, <laughs> if. If you only heard the very beginning of this episode, you're like, oh, my God, they say Death 2 is an amazing movie. And then you watch and you're like mortified. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, watch it if you're a fan of uh, transgressive 80s. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But- well, no, he. they should read
1: Flame and Crimson and yeah. Yeah. put the, that the seven elements, read the seven elements, and then go watch
2: Deathstalker. Okay. Because it's the most sword and sorcery thing ever created. You'll see it holds up. Make your own Venn diagram. I'm so glad you did that, Alex. It's like, yeah.
4: <laughs> yep. Well, you know, you had a when you have a guest on, you have to use their work against them. That's right. So that's just being a good
2: host. I know. Before we Which, disappear into the I inner... was going to
3: say, um, we always try and end books with like where to buy them. Yeah. So uh you should look at man. Well, you can get it on the, the the evil empire
0: amazon.com. Uh DMR books also is selling it. Uh gosh, and you can find an easy link on my my blog where it's my homepage is silverkey.com. Uh, silverkey.blogspot.com is where my home base is, but it's it's all the usual places you can get a book these days. Yeah. Flaming Crimson. It's,
2: yeah,
3: I see that it is seven ninety nine in the Kindle version and nineteen ninety five right. on in paperback. Correct.
2: Oh. Yeah, honestly, folks, uh, if you're into sword and sorcery, I would probably. Uh, well, I'm just gonna say it's it's essential reading. Um, yeah, you should you should buy it. Yeah, you it's an awesome reference. It. Someone else went ahead and did all this exhaustive work and put it in one place. <laughs> I'm calling it bulletproof. Maybe it's not. I don't know. There could be chinks in this armor, but uh, it's pretty goddamn close. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, Brian, you need to go to Howard Days this year. I have to go. I have never been, and it's on my bucket list, and I'm really thinking about going in in June. Are are you guys going to be there? I probably will be. I probably probably will
3: not, unfortunately.
2: If COVID allows, there's... I'm aware of what the theme is this year and it feels very much like something I need to attend. So I'm trying to yeah. shake certain trees to get me there. Yeah. yeah solid. But-
0: I think if I ever went into the Robert E. Howard homestead and I think my knees would buckle. Like I'd, I'd, just to be in the same room, where you I those stories, I probably would.
1: You are not far away from that feeling. That's, that's exactly kind of how I felt when I went in I've been twice and both times. It was the same thing. So, yeah.
2: The only thing I think is is probably close is when I went to Argentina and visited the set of
1: uh 2.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay, who's taking us out?
3: Oh, uh, I also <laughs> want I like to say good. if you do want to watch Deathstalker Stalker 2, it is available on the free streaming app Tubi, T U B I, which is Check also out. a place you can find lots of like horror movies. Great horror, horror selections
2: movies. on on Tubi, including yeah. Shopping Mall. You could watch yeah. uh, Shopping yeah. Mall. Um yeah. I was
3: surprised at the quality and number of things that I can watch at Tubi because Matt suggested it and desktop or 2 is on there. Yeah, Tubi's pretty, pretty
2: all right. Yeah. It is. So. It really is, yeah. Yeah. Uh Alex All right. Well, you do um it. listen, I
4: actually I just wanted to say one thing real quick before I go. I wanted to say thank you to uh individual fans. Uh I won't name names, but folks that just reached out to me and kind of said, "Hey, come back every once in a while." Um it's really it's Awesome to hear. Um, You know, you don't really think of people kind of, you know, thinking of you when you're not around, but, uh, you know, it it felt pretty good. So I I really do appreciate it. And on that note, I hope you learned something today. Death Stalker is by far the pinnacle, the epitome (laughs) of sword and sorcery. Expert Brian Murphy has told you this. We've used his own foolproof methodology. Yeah, and we have proven this Beyond a <laughs> shadow of a doubt And may your swords Always remain sharp
2: I'll have my revenge And death stalker too Please. Stalker
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: In college you'd be like you know, hooking up with ladies or whatever, and you're like, "What is that smell? She smells like stinkor!
5: This is crazy!
2: <laughs> <her laughs> I, I came to realize it was patchouli, but the new one he smells like celery spice. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> There's
5: the banana
3: oh, she's eating, and at oh, the gosh. end she's oh, like stroking God. that like glass thing.
2: <laughs> we didn't. I can't, we didn't mention the banana scene, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we gotta add that. Back. Is this still recording audio? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, so at the end, you gotta put in the part where, guys, I can't believe we didn't talk about the banana scene.
5: Hey. Sucker! <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. The top half of you may not think it's the right time, but the bottom half of you thinks it is certainly the right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my
5: god. Hey, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs>